Welcome to Tech This Way. Anyway, thanks for coming to no problem, Tech This no Way. Um, I've actually ordered a few times. Oh, okay. Nice. From from Pizza Eats. Okay. Um, I think one was like a whole set of kebabs and all that. Where would that be? Eh? Like kebabs. more Middle Eastern food a little bit more. Uh, mostly Middle Eastern lah. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay, mostly Middle Eastern. Yeah, anyway, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. How how did it start? I know you can go f- as far back as you want, mm. you know, with, with Pizza Eats. Mm. So what's the story? Uh, Ken. Um, so I was a musician before doing, uh, being a social entrepreneur, and uh, I studied in a university four years degree, and that's where I met my two other co-founders, Suzanne and Suilin. Okay. So both of them are psychology undergrad and uh, accounts and finance undergrad. So where was we, this? Uh, in UCSI University, okay. so we were volunteering in a refugee learning center uh, seven years ago. And then we realized that a lot of kids were dropping out of um, education mm. and we wanted to do something to make sure that they get back into education. So we ran like we ran like four fundraising concerts, which was very tiring and very uh, it was very effort draining and you didn't you don't really raise a lot out of it. This was what, when you were at university. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and then uh, we thought, okay, uh, it's time that we try and find something sustainable. Uh, so we attended the conference hosted by Magic, uh, the Malaysia Global and Innovative Creativity mm. Center. Uh, and then we saw how other social entrepreneurs were using business models to create social impact. And we thought, okay, well, maybe we can do the same. And so we went back, we reassessed, we saw the families that can cook, and we thought, okay, why not we sell uh, food homemade by refugees with authentic recipe from wherever they come from to Malaysians. Uh, so we started our first project we call it like a project at that time uh, selling to our friends in the university mm. uh, at that time we were called Hands of Hope Kitchen and then we changed to the Picha project and then just last year we rebranded to Picha Eats so we sold to our friends at that time and then uh, we realised that it, it could be something viable to be um, heading on mm. and so we started doing more and then we started uh, getting into an accelerator program that's where we got more connections and networked uh, to be selling to corporates and companies and that's where we started doing, uh, improving our packaging, did catering, and also uh, expanded to other products as well. Um, and then today we run, um, we run, we have right twelve active kitchens with us, and we've partnered with around twenty five chefs from different countries mm. where they cook at the home, at their own homes, and then uh, we deal with all the logistics and operations and even packaging, uh, to customers. So that's how we run. Okay. So let's go back a little bit into history like when you were okay. in university, right? Mm-hmm. So you were doing uh, some uh, a music degree of some sort when mm-hmm. you say you're a musician? Yep. Okay. Um, and then, so what drove you to to help out So at that time, right? So, okay, so you were with a bunch of other students yeah. and then, then how did that start? Uh, it Even was your, tell me about your first concert that you organized. You know, so so yeah. how, how did that come about? But it was just me going into the learning center to volunteer because two of my other co-founders were already doing something there and uh we thought i thought that uh it's a great way for me to practice what i've learned uh, especially teaching the kids music um and mm. building a holistic experience for them where they build character and personality from music and uh, so this is part of the university this learning center uh, no it's not part of the university it's just part of an activity that we do external okay yeah and so uh, I, I was teaching music and what I were you th- teaching I was just teaching them choir okay so just some music basics and how to sing and how to work together as a choir hmm. um, and then we started organizing our first fundraising concert where um, half of the show was uh, uh, the kids performing as well and then I got my friends together and we we hosted our first uh, concert and then later on uh, we did more second and third year by the fourth year we were doing like a short skit like 25 minutes of a musical to tell people where these kids come from and why they are here why refugees are refugees today 
and what are the challenges and hardships they face on a oh, daily so basis. Oh, so even at that point, these were refugee children? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So where would you host these concerts that you were doing at that time? Um, universities, other concert venues. Uh, the last one was in a small concert venue in, um, I think it was Oakland Road. Okay. Mm. So this was essentially the three of you? La. Yes. Okay, who organized this. Yep. Then you were saying, so whilst you were still there, you joined uh, Magic? Um, after? I joined uh, Magic in 2016. Okay. Yeah. So the concert started in 2014. Right. So yeah. you're doing it for a f- couple of years. Yeah. And then decided, okay, we can do more. Yes. Okay. Yep. So then at Magic, uh, how was that again? The How Magic? was the inspiration to look at, how did that transition from the cooking concerts to, uh, sorry, from the concerts to the cooking? Um, well, like I mentioned just now, it was just, you know, being inspired by other social entrepreneurs. Mm. And I thought, uh, and we thought, okay, let's try to run a business and what can we sell? And we saw that they can cook. And then we thought, okay, why not we sell food? So these were the refugee kids, their parents? Yeah, their parents. Yeah, correct. So where where are these refugees? Um, the one that we were uh, working with was in, uh, Chiras. Okay. And then, but now it's like scattered everywhere. And where are they from normally? Um, well, in our population, 90% are from Myanmar, 10% are probably from like the uh, Middle Eastern or uh, South, North Africa, um, some Nepalese, Sri Lankans. Okay. Um, but the ones that are with us are mostly Middle Easterns. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did you approach that with them, this idea? Uh, the first one was from uh, Myanmar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was uh, in the community and we just told her the concept and we tried to convince her to be part of it because um, ladies are usually... Uh, they they take care of kids at home. They don't really have the concept of like getting into a work mm. uh, routine. So yeah. we had to convince her a bit. But after that, eventually she found out, she saw that she could do more and more. She was more confident. And uh, you can see like the confidence instilled in her uh, along the way. La. And then mm. the rest, uh, we started uh, talking to United Nations, we told them we want to do this and give us a list of people that we can potentially work with. Mm. And from there, we call each of them, we tell them what we do, we tasted their food and we tried and tested out our partnerships. And then uh, from there, word of mouth from uh, successful chefs or families uh, to other people and then people start registering uh, registering in. Um, now we put up a bit of uh, technology, a bit of like, you know, putting out a website, uh, p- putting in like forms so that people could register easily, mm. uh, putting like the testimonials online so that uh, people can access it uh, easily. Yeah. So yeah, that's how we recruit. Lah. But from the beginning, at the start, I'm, just, I'm very interested to see how did you guys develop? Okay, so mm. you've got your first chef. Mm. Then, and then how did it go from there? You know, in terms of orders, how did you go then get customers? How, how did it all that? Um, well, our first customers were from our university friends. We just convinced them to buy from us, mm. uh, get them to pay up first. And then we we, we, we started making the orders. Um, later on... So all this was manual? So you all manual. Ah, yeah, okay. all manual. Uh, we, we used our beat up car. Um, and then everything was on WhatsApp, communications. Mm. Um, we started a Facebook event called it Giving Tuesday. And then every Tuesday, people were putting their orders and then we would send it to the university and we would start distributing. Um, after that, when we got into Magic and we started approaching more corporates and companies, it was a lot of cold emails and cold calls. Um, Magic actually uh, arranged like some purchases with us as well. Mm. Um, so those has instilled more confidence and we started uh, improving the product. Um, so how many of you at that time when it started? Three of us. Still the three of you, yeah. okay. Mm. Yeah. So we started improving the product and uh, we started doing more catering and that's where we got to know more of the corporates and companies. And when you know one corporate orders, the other corporate wants to order. So you slowly you know, gain that trust and, mm. and base. Mm. Mm. So from the cooks themselves, mm. 
how do they manage the logistics? Meaning, where do they... Because they're refugees, right? Yeah. So, how, where, how do they cook? How do they package these things? Where do yeah. they get those containers? Right? So, we are the one that arranges all the packaging mm-hmm. and then we would deliver to all of their homes uh, on a monthly basis. Um, and then, they would arrange their buying of the ingredients. Uh, they would go out and buy them. Uh, so, they have money to, to do that? Um, the first mm. the first few orders usually we loan it to them. Okay. After that, uh, they usually when they are when they have profits, they will sh- uh, they will save it mm. and then they use it for their next order. Mm. Um, so the places are quite near to where they stay that they can source ingredients for, and then we arrange all the logistics to deliver the prepared food to customers. Mm. Mm. So then it grew from there, as you said, you started to have uh, more and more. Yeah. Um, cooks lah. Yeah. Do you change cooks or is it always the same people? Well, we have like people who have stayed on with us since 2016. Mm, or okay. Yes. Um, and then we do have people who dropped out uh, mainly because some of them don't see fit in cooking or like some of them resettled uh, to okay. another country. Mm. Um, but we have always been recruiting people more and more. Mm. Mm. And you're saying at this point you have how many uh, refugees? At this cooks point now? we have 12 to 14 active kitchens. Okay. Means they are cooking. And then, uh, but we have partnered since 2016, 25 chefs. Okay. Mm. When you say chefs, as in refugee chefs as well or yeah, proper chefs? All refugees. Okay. Mm. So all of them are cooking from home? Yes. Okay. Um, and how often do a typical um, order mm. come in for, for these guys? Well, we don't put in the MCO situation, but pre-MCO, mm. one week, they could cook up to five days. Um, meaning, okay, five days a week, they will yeah, have an order. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And how large are the orders, typically? Uh, it, because we sell as low as five packs all the way to mm. one kitchen can cook up to 150 to 200 packs. So, uh, in average, they will get like 30 packs okay. a day. Yeah. So, sorry, when you say one kitchen can cook up to 150 to 200, what do you yeah. mean by that? Means Is like, there like they a centralized can, kitchen? Uh, no, their own home kitchen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So that's quite a big operation, like. Yeah, for, they for can them. manage, uh. Right. Yeah. But that's kind of maximum, lah. Mm, mm, okay. Mm. So how do you bundle or how do you package all the the food uh, for this? So for usually, like, uh, the service comes from mini buffet deliveries to catering. So mini buffet deliveries, they usually have their own set. It's usually between 5 packs to 20 packs people would order. Mm. So that one is still manageable. Uh, for catering, we usually split up to a few kitchens. So let's right. example, like 100 packs of uh, catering service, we will split up to probably 2 to 3 kitchens. Mm. And then we will pick up from 2 to 3 kitchens. Okay. Mm. What about the items that they cook themselves? Is mm. that something that you tell them? Or they say, okay, I know how to cook. Well, we would work it out together in the beginning phase. So mm. the beginning phase, if they're really good cooks, we usually take on their menus, tweak it a bit, and then we mm. sell. If they're not good cooks, then we would train them uh, with our own set of menus or our own set of recipes. Mm. Then we would do market tests and then right. we would try and make sure that they follow exactly. Mm. Mm. Has there been any interesting challenges or stories as you grew <laughs> with working with, with them? Well, every day... There might, there's always challenges. Mm. Uh, I think when we started, it was language barrier and then we huh. found translators. We worked on Google Translate. Um, and then some of them tried to learn English and us also trying to learn their language a bit. Um, and then second probably is cultural difference sometimes. Mm. Uh, like trying to understand why they act certain way, why they perform certain things. Um, what do you mean? Uh, well, like like the people like in Afghanistan, they usually cook from on the floor or like they prepare food on the floor. Okay. It's something that oh. is common to them. But in our standard food practice, we can't prepare food on the floor. Right. So we have to convince them. We have to figure out how we can work with them. Yeah, yeah so um, even though you get them tables, it might be a, a practice or a habit already. So what we did is we get them very low tables ah, okay. um, That that is like, Oh, that is like the minimum standard procedure of uh like food pre- preparation. Right. So, uh, they will still sit on the floor, but they have like a higher uh higher table to to for it, where the food is actually yeah on yeah, yeah yeah. So, uh, yeah, to work things out like, Yeah, to figure things out lah. But it's not not possible lah. Right. Mm. Then you were saying so more recently, uh, you started. Uh, so instead of using just Facebook and WhatsApp, then yeah. you kind of transition, right? Yeah. So how was that? 
what was the journey like for marketing purposes yeah for marketing also for your own uh, mm. uh, ordering yeah. and, and all that so we uh-huh. do have like a website uh, mm. we actually uh, started utilizing other platforms first third party platforms to receive orders mm. who developed uh, that for you um order ODDL. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's that's a that. that's a uh, normal one. Mm. But after that, we started rebuilding our own website. Means we rebuilt our own e-commerce platform. Uh, so we got like a friend who is into tech, and then well, we told him what we need and right. things like this. Um, but we're still uh, working on a few things in terms of how to ch- how to help people to order catering online smoothly and mm. easily as well. Um. So those are the things that we're working on uh, website purposes. And then internal, uh, we actually got a system uh, based on a grant uh, to work out with the chefs where we, uh, we don't have to use WhatsApp to uh, tell them orders anymore. Mm. So they receive orders based on emails. Uh, so those are the things that we're working on automation a bit. Mm. Mm. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So on that, that's interesting, right? Because when people order, mm. they will order it to you, mm. right? Between the three of you, lah. Then you need to distribute the orders and then Correct. consolidate and all yeah. that. So yeah. now you're saying they could order directly to... No, so the they order to us. Okay. Uh, we still have to approve the, the, the orders to mm. the right kitchen. Ah, okay. Mm. So it still flows through you guys yes, now yes. to, to coordinate. Mm-hmm. But okay. it's just lesser manual work. Mm. Yeah. So, and in terms of uh, logistics, in terms of uh, location, mm. I mean... So right now, these uh, refugees are all around Klang Valley Correct. area, right? yeah. And so your deliveries are also around this, this area. Yeah. Um, and what are any plans to expand further? Well, during the MCO, we actually developed a different kind of product called the ready-to-eat meals. So mm. the ready-to-eat meals is where you store them in your chiller for four days or more than four days, you store it in the freezer. Um, and then you can just put it in the microwave three minutes, then you can immediately eat it. So right. that is for people who are really looking for fast, uh, hmm. don't have time to prepare food or don't even know how to prepare food, yeah. um, but have a healthy and balanced meal. So those are the things that we're working on. So uh, we have like our internal chefs as well and working with the, re- the chefs from the refugee community. Hmm. And then uh, we combine the menus or we combine the items and then we sell it as a whole. Hmm. Uh, so those are the things that we are working on for the future. Um, so that's not up yet? This it's already day. up. So okay. we're, we're, we're just launched it like two weeks ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you need to check it out. Let yeah. me, let me check it out. <laughs> so, ready to eat. So, as, as I go, so right now, so to find Picha Eats, what, what do I do? Is just head on to www.pichaeats.com. Okay. Why the, the name change? Uh, from the Picha Project to Picha Eats. Mm. Um, so, the Picha Project, when we call ourselves, you know, Picha Project, people always thought like we, are, we were short term because it sounds like a project. Um, yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. Correct. It's temporary, lah. Right. Yeah. So it it's sounds like temporary. Okay. But after you know, four four years or three years, uh, we want to let people know we are here to stay. We are here mm. to really rebuild lives and be the voice for refugees. Uh, and show you that refugees can actually contribute. Can actually, they don't need to rely on your financial aid if you give them the right platform to be working on. So, uh, this is why we created Picha to allow refugees to showcase their culinary skills mm. or experience or a way to survive at least in this country before they transition to the next country. So um, we call it, we name it Picture Eat so that it's easier for people to relate us to food because we yes, want to focus on focus, food. Yeah. And then uh, Picha is the name of our first cook's younger son. I was going to, yeah. I was going to ask, yeah. what is Picha? Oh, okay. So he's an, he's, this is the name of our first cook's younger son because he was very kind and generous when we met him. So we thought we want something Picha. that represents that in our so company. So this was the refugee from Myanmar? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. Right. So then we have the the. So if I go to the website now, yeah. Let me go to your meals. Eh? Let's see. Meet our chefs. Our import. How do I get to the the, the makan? I think you can order, browse order menu. Order now, lah. Mm. So three meals ready to eat. Six meals. Yeah. So again, these are a mix, uh, from various different different kitchens. Uh, kitchens. Yes. So you kind of taste different kitchens in one whole stack. Ah, okay. Yeah. Do you still do the... Ah, okay, so the buffets are still there. Yep. Um, as well, I think we had we had one of those buffets, if I, if I can remember. Yeah, the buffets are quite popular during season. Yeah. Yeah. So, before I forget, there was two questions I wanted to ask. One is from a Malaysian appetite standpoint. Mm. Right? So, there's Myanmarese food, there's a yep. lot of... Uh, Different Middle culture, Eastern, yeah. Right? So, which ones are more popular for Malaysians, <laughs> generally? 
So the it depends on if the Malaysians are more adventurous or safe kind of uh, taste. But for the safe ones, uh, we usually recommend them the Afghan cuisine because they're very close to our palates. Okay. Uh, the ones who are much more adventurous, we will go for more of the Palestinian and Syrian cuisine. Um, but at the same time, we know that at catering, sometimes you want to feed everyone. So mm. we try to balance both sides. Uh, we have a bit of Malaysian and then we, we mixed it with a bit of Middle Eastern. So for the Malaysian one, who cooks those dishes? Uh, sometimes internal chefs or sometimes we teach them certain dishes. Okay. Mm. So who are these internal chefs that you're saying? Uh, we do hire like chefs internally so that they develop new menus and we can see how we can train the chefs from the refugee community to be better cooks themselves. Okay. Mm. So how big is the team now? Right now we're at 12 full-timers. Okay. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so it's grown. Is Are you funded by anybody or this uh, is all self-sustaining? All self-sustaining. Now? Oh, yeah. fabulous. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. <laughs> okay. And then in terms of, um, so there's two things I wanted to ask you. One mm. was the palette. Oh, the other one was MCO. Mm. So how, how did that impact you guys, man? Uh, of course, catering zero uh, during the whole MCO. Mm. But we try to push more of the mini buffet deliveries because people want to order it for their household. Uh, so we brought down the minimum 10 packs per package to minimum 5 packs. Mm. So it's smaller for people to order. Um, and then we developed the ready-to-eat meals so that more people can work from home, can just you know put it in the microwave. Mm. Or like any companies who are looking to uh, store food for mm. their uh, employees because they don't want them to go out uh, they can use this as well mm. um, so during MCO also we doubled our content online uh, right. social media a lot of content throughout our four platforms that we're on um, and then what are the platforms you're on? we are on Facebook Instagram LinkedIn and TikTok Yep. Okay. Oh, TikTok too. Yeah, TikTok. TikTok you have to too, follow yeah. the train. <laughs> yeah. The 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 trend. Um. Yeah. So uh, those are the things we've also reactivated a a a, a fund called the Zaza Movement. So what it does is people put in the money and then we hmm. enable refugees to cook and then we send them to frontliners or people in need. So uh, we. Oh, actually, sorry, how does that work? Oh, that sounds, yeah. So, so we distributed around twenty four thousand meals to frontliners. Uh, and and people who. Uh, who lost their jobs mm. um, and all this food are uh, being home prepared by refugees. Okay. Mm. So it's the public who will sponsor Correct. The, the food for, yeah, for them? Yeah, either uh? public or corporates. Okay, or, mm. or corporates. Mm, mm, Is that still ongoing or that was like a one-off? It's actually mm. ongoing throughout. It's just that during this MCO, it's more prominent. Uh, but actually, we, we, we created this movement out of uh, our late chef, so mm. our late chef who passed away in 2017, he was a Syrian chef. Mm. Uh, very kind, very generous. That's why uh, before he passed away, he mentioned he want to cook chicken mandi for people in need around the masjid area during Ramadan months. Mm. And he couldn't do it. So we created a fund to you know commemorate him and fulfill his wish. I see, mm. I see. So now that is an ongoing thing. Mm, mm. Except for the fact that now you cannot distribute the, the food. Yeah, to the I mean, it's that. been ongoing since 2017. Mm. Mm. I see. Mm. So with the MCO, then suddenly it's kind of forced you to have a new model, I feel like, right? Now it's the, the ready-to-eat yes. kind of Yes, correct, food. correct. Yeah. How do you see that um, sus- being sustained in your business compared to when the catering business comes back again? Um, I, 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 I can't... We are we just we just only launched like two weeks ago mm. and uh, we're really looking forward to people who are like I said, working from home, working in the company and the company don't want the employees to go out all the time. Mm. Uh, we change our menus every two to three weeks. So okay. it, gi- it gives people like some freshness and they can always order mm. something different uh, every time. Uh, and it, people could subscribe to it every single month as well. So we see this as a long-term game. Lah. You don't mm. see it as a short-term gain. Um, however, uh, we do believe that catering will come back as well. Mm. Uh, Maybe not this year, but um, early next year. Lah. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah, and hopefully this would, you know, the the current ready to eat will be able to sustain yep. everybody, la. Yep. Yeah. So if it wasn't for the MCO, mm. what would have been your 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 plans mm. in the future? Our plans were to double down on catering because we were okay. doing quite a lot. Catering is actually 70, 70% of our main revenue. Mm. Um, so we were looking to double that down and we were actually extending our next uh, service, the Picha Weddings. So we got ah, a lot of wedding okay. inquiries mm. at that time, uh, but now all being cancelled to next year. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we quite 
uh, I think we're confident that ca- catering will come back. It's just mm. going to take time. The catering that you guys were doing, what was the maximum number of people you could serve? Uh, we did up to 1,002 before. Oh, wow. Mm, mm, That's mm. really big. Yeah, because all the chefs will be cooking. Uh. Yeah, so yeah. then they will be given all the same menu, lah, obviously, right? So uh, some same, and then we uh, provide varieties to customers as well. Right. Mm. No, in terms of the, the cooking itself, yeah. so you, you tell all your chefs, okay, these, you guys are going to do... Yeah, some, run, are, some are same, right, some we right. differ. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Have you had a problem with... Um, so obviously the different cooks coming in and out different times. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do, does your menu change a lot because of that? Uh, we don't change so much, mm. uh, but instead we add new menus. Mm. Uh, because uh, people always want to try new stuff. Mm. Yeah, especially at the ready to eat meals, mm. we're going to change our menu every three weeks because people wants to try new stuff. Mm. Mm. Okay. So as the business grows. Sounds like you, or hopefully, when mm. the catering and all that mm-hmm. comes back. And then, obviously, you will be able to help even more yeah. refugees, yeah. right? Yeah. So, from that standpoint, what uh, what is your your goal, your, your, your ideal? Well, our goal is to impact 1,000 lives by 2025. Uh, we're right now uh, not that big, but uh, we've extended different services and uh, subsidiaries to extend our impact. Uh, mm. So during MCO, we also created two social enterprises. One is called Zucchini & Co. So mm. what Zucchini & Co does is to take on our strength on social media marketing and start uh, help, uh, helping other brands to uh, rebrand or retell their stories. But at the same time, the social impact to that is to be able to create a holistic experience for uh, underserved community to get into uh, creatives. Mm. Um, the second one is called MATLAB Pantry. So MATLAB Pantry, what it does is to bring a different, very different and authentic culinary experience uh, for people. But at the same time, we want to train or create a, a training center or academy-like sort of thing to, to create an experiential uh, training for people who want to get into the culinary world or the service mm. uh, service uh, line. So, so a bit like a cooking school, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So but not have, so formal, uh, la. We're not we're not from right, formality right. anyway. But for the but for the refugees to come and teach, lah. Right, whether it's refugees or people from the local communities, mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. How would you expand it out beyond Klang Valley, where you know where mm. everybody is, if you like? But there are things that can be replicated in different places, mm. but uh, not all. So, example, like we went to Penang last year to do some research. We realized that the market might not be ready for such mini buffet delivery uh, with a hint of Middle Eastern uh, twist to it. Not um, Penang, eh? they still want their... Yeah, their yeah. we realized that. that people are still very uh, attached to their yeah. local cuisine. So, it seems mm. like a very hard place to start off if we want to do that. So, right. uh, But then, if you think about it, like other services, um, example, maybe the social media one might work, you mm. know. So, uh, it will be depending on the demographic of the places to see what can we fit into it mm. mm. but we've not thought through that far yet right um but we know that clang valley has still has a lot of potential to grow yeah so even just clang valley alone right mm, there's still mm, so mm. There are many what is your peak number of orders before mco um that uh well we did mm, I, I i i can't totally iterate how many orders but December was the highest always mm. uh, Christmas um, every every year it doubles um, so last year it doubled and then uh, January and February uh, well of course it dropped mm. uh, February was picking it up and then MCO happened and then everything got cancelled wow. yeah mm. so how do you guys operate you said that you were, you just came from uh, anyway, Shalam did you say it? Uh, Jalan Ipoh oh, Jalan Ipoh sorry yeah. so what's at Jalan Ipoh so, Jalan Ipoh is our office. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what we do is uh, a lot of uh, ideation or operations that are happening there, uh, our research and development. So, we got a small kitchen there. Uh, we, we, we try out new food. We uh, experiment new food. Um, a lot of, we have uh, a lot of social media photo shoots are being done there. Uh, so, uh-huh. nothing to do with refugees coming into the office because they work from home. And uh, it's quite difficult for them to be traveling up and down because a uh, lot Logistics is going to be expensive, mm. and uh, for them to they and most of them are mothers. They have to take care of their kids, uh, so it's better they stay home. And you know, usually they are either their husband goes out to find and source uh, ingredients, or sometimes a single mother will do it themselves. Um, but they they usually cook from home, so there's not much of a 
you know, hassle here and there. Okay, mm. okay. Mm. And we don't have any, you don't have any issues with, with, with the authorities and all that like, in terms of mm, the refugees? For now, no. Okay, that's yeah, good. Yeah, because good. they all, you know, do it at home. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just, so it sounds like yourself, yeah, you have, you know, even from university, you were helping out, right? Mm-hmm. And then even now, your the future also sounds like, okay, how do you grow your mm. operations to help? More and more, right? Mm-mm. Tell me a little bit more about yourself. So, so where are you from, and and what's behind the drive to mm. to do this? Well, I grew up in KL. Uh, I've I've been a very rebellious kid since I'm young. Uh, Which school are you from? <laughs> I I I, w- I went all into Chinese school. Okay. Like I was in uh, Kaichi in Sagambot uh, when I was primary, and then I went into the Chonghua Independent High School, mm. um, and then I went into UCSI University. So everything, uh, I've I've lived a very I must I must say a comfortable life. Mm. Uh, my parents are uh, business um, parents themselves. Right. Uh, so they I I I, I I grew up, you know, doing administrative stuff for them. Okay. Uh, what business were they were they in? They were a trading business, and then it became like door manufacturing. Okay. Um. So a lot of like picking up calls, creating invoices and right. receipts for them, um, moving stuff, organizing stuff. So from there, I picked up a bit about business, mm. and I started, uh, doing a bit, uh, like selling cookies when I was young. Okay. Um. And then I, I also organized like a tuition center before. So mm. a bit of like business aspect kind of activities that I was doing. Uh, but I went into music since uh, at 15 years old because I love it. And then right. I asked... Singing, is it? I major in guitar. Okay. Um, so when I went into the university, I think around 20 years this old... Is the, the rebel rocker girl with the guitar? Uh, yeah, a bit. Lah, but when I went to university, I was studying jazz. So it's a bit very different. Yeah. Um, and then I... I met a bunch of people in choir as well. That's mm. where I started uh, loving the whole setup as well. So that's where I also learned how to do conducting a bit and okay. I started teaching the kids what I know. Mm. Uh, so that's how I, I, I started my journey into music and social entrepreneurship. So it sounds like working in a corporate job somewhere was never part of your, no, your mind, right? No. My dream was to uh, play around the world as well. <laughs> Be your, the, yeah, the rock star. Oh, uh, yeah. Or music anyways. Like. Yeah, music. Yeah. So, as you... So, it's, it sounds like it's fairly obvious because of your exposure to your parents' business and helping yeah. out, right? So, yeah. organizing things and running businesses was a natural thing to do. I like, wasn't too scared of it. It's like. something that they taught us a bit since I'm young. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, as you went out from uni mm. and you started doing Picha, mm. the, the music part of it, so what's happened to that now? Is this well, I started, still a hidden... Yeah, I started working in a studio after I graduate. Mm. Um, I worked, at, uh, in fact, I was part of the Ola Bola uh, music production. Oh, were you? Yeah. Wow. So, well, the production was just two person anyway. <laughs> so it's but me still? and my boss. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's all about love, right? Yeah. Um, it was a very, very great experience. From mm. there, I've learned so much, and I learned I love movie soundtracks. Since then, I've been trying to work in different movies behind the scenes. Mm. Um, but. I was also performing, but at the same time, Picha was happening as well, and Picha mm. happened faster than my music career. Right. <laughs> okay. And that's where I had to choose whether should I grow feature or, you know, um, choose music because you can't do two things at the same time uh, if you are not expert in both of these things. Right. And so I chose uh, feature because I saw lives being uh, changed immediately in few months' time. And so that's where I, 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 I told myself, okay, let's uh, put music aside for a while. Uh, I still touch them once in a while, but um, let's just grow Picha. Um, so the first year was myself and my two other co-founders. We don't have a CEO at the time. Mm. Uh, we, we always make decisions together. Until uh, end of the end of 2016, we, we thought that it's time for a CEO to step up. And I just uh, took on the bait and I say, okay, let's, let's, let's just try. Mm. The first two years was tough because... Um, as a CEO, as a new CEO and have not gone into corporate and you don't even know what a CEO 
do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to learn a lot, uh, learn from mentors, read a lot of books. And then uh, the third year, you get a hang of it and uh, you start to lead the team and you start to need to discipline yourself and mm. um, more consistent when you say things and when you do things. So those are the things that I've learned along the way. Mm. Mm. So what about your other two buddies? They are still with, with Picha, with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And together... You guys still form like the the heart of the yeah. Picha Eats. Yeah, la. yeah. Right. We know that if one of us uh, were to leave the partnership, Picha won't happen. Okay. Yeah. I was going to lead to that because right now, the passion is with the three of you. Yeah. Right? Um, as you as this thing starts growing, yeah. it, it depends obviously on, on, on you and on yeah. your two other friends, right? Yeah, of course. So how do you plan to transition that mm. vision, your vision mm. of, of Picha mm. To the organization, Picha. Mm, understand. Mm. Um, so right now, I mean, when we started to hire people in 2017, we were such a failure. We hired six people and they mm. li- and they left at the same time. Uh, <laughs> what, what were they hired for? Uh, for like operations, for uh, marketing, okay. for different positions. And um, it didn't work out. Uh, we learned like a lot how to manage people. What and happened? Um, the juicy details, man. No, I, I guess we weren't <laughs> really good leaders at that time. We yeah. didn't know how to create a good culture and right. we didn't have a set of values. Mm. Um, so we we sat down, we thought through how can we put this together. We read books, we uh, advise, mm. get advices from our mentors, uh, started working on being consistent, started working on... Uh, on you know building the values and culture of the of the team, being transparent, uh, uh, learning learning along the way like Then, uh, this last last year we started hiring more, and then we started to learn how to manage a team better. Um, and then we do a lot of one to ones with the team, mm. uh, team meetings every single week. Uh, which I was I came to I came to a surprise that a lot of companies don't do team meetings uh, weekly. And um, but for us, we do it weekly and uh, always communicating concise, simple message to uh, the team so that they understand clearly what we want. Um, and and it, well, and then we started empowering leaders. Uh, we started empowering them to say, okay, you make the decision, you fail, it's fine. You know, mm. no one is going to pinpoint you. Uh, Picha is built out of a lot of failures, so you you fail, no one is going to like shoot you down. Uh, so it gives them a lot of. Uh, leadership and ownership to take on certain projects yeah. and that's where they started you can see that they grow out of that vision they 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 do more than you need to tell them mm. yeah so that's how we learn lah. <laughs> did you ever find out why the six people left uh, like I say, uh, we we weren't we weren't consistent with what we say and do, and um probably uh probably at the hiring stage we didn't even you know see properly. We mm. just hire whoever wants to come okay. in. Um, we didn't do our interview process properly, or it didn't match with their expectations right. as well. Uh, yeah. So all these reasons, I guess. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So now that we've got you know, ready-to-eat meals. Mm. Uh, hopefully, that, that grows. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully, when the catering business comes back. Mm. Now, talk a little bit more about these two other things that you uh, you started, right? So, you were saying, okay, you wanted to do the, the school. Yeah. I, I The names are so funky. Yeah, yeah. What was it again? Z- Zucchini & Co. Okay. and Matlab Pantry. Okay, Zucchini yeah. & Co. Yeah. What is that again? So, uh, Where do you come up with these names? It's, it's, a, it's a cool name. <laughs> so, uh, the name came from like, because we, we have a menu called the grilled veggie and the grilled okay. veggie is so boring. So, someone just said, oh, why not we call them zucchini and co, you know, like right. the grilled zucchini and with other vegetables so they're a company. We're like, okay. <laughs> then we thought, okay, if we were to, I mean, it's creative. So, we thought if we were to create a creative company, it has mm. to be named Zucchini Quite and Co. Cool and yeah. so during MCO, uh, because catering is not happening, it mm. means that some of our team members are a bit free. Mm. So we gave them the power to go and innovate and find ways to make this happen. Mm. And so they created uh, a company that helps um, use social media marketing to help people to rebrand and retell uh, their their business angle. Mm. Uh, because during MCO, a lot of people change their product, change their angle. So it's a way that we could help them to uh, retell their stories. Uh, so 
we started doing that and we've as acquired a, as a consulting company as a design company uh, consulting or create uh, content creating okay, company okay. yeah so uh, we started doing that and we acquired our first 10 customers in less than two months wow yeah so mm. it was uh, I mean some of them based on networks and some of them based on uh, uh, leads that we've created uh, mm. so uh, they've been helping them to uh, you know rebrand uh, redesign their collaterals uh, manage social media um, but all this uh, we are trying to see after MCO being lifted we want mm. to work with uh, the underserved community to get them in to learn about creatives or uh, to build a holistic experience where they use creatives to uh, understand disciplinary understand being resourceful um, that's how we started at the first place that like using music to mm. teach you know, disciplinary and being resourceful and teamwork. That's how we started. And mm. so why can't creatives do mm. it? So we want to do that. So mm. it's pretty much what Picha itself had to go through doing MCO, right? To start coming up with a new product yeah. and new branding. So yeah. you use that same team yeah. who did it for Correct. Picha yeah. to now just teach or, or not teach but to, to consult for others. Yeah. yeah. That's very clever. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you see... Do you see a lot of... Well, you got 10 already, yeah. you see, at the start. Mm-hmm. Do you see potential for that business? Yeah, we, we do see people needing this. We, we, we realize a lot of, especially startups, there are mm, 5 to 10 people mm. who don't have marketing expertise. Mm. It's actually a very cheap way for them to uh, acquire... Uh, or using us because uh, we, 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 we plan it in a way where we are your marketing team and you you just tell us what you need mm. and this is the 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 money so a lot of people can't afford big agencies yeah. they will go to us okay yeah what's your typical rates that you charge people so i think uh 1500 ringgit for 12 posts okay. or something like that which i uh, 12 to be honest, posts i don't know where, is that cheap? yeah is that I, I i know other people charging at 2500 to 3000 okay. so we're trying to make it uh, scalable in a way okay. uh and try to see how we can use technology to address certain things mm. okay so, what's going to happen if that business grows really well? And obviously, your same staff is also supporting yeah. Picha, right? That's a nice <laughs> problem to have. Yeah, what yeah, what yeah. do you think you would do? So, what we try to do is we get the marketing team to focus on it. Hmm. And then, uh, it means that when it grows, uh, we are paying Zucchini and Co. to be doing our marketing. Yeah, you'll be a customer. <laughs> yeah, so okay. uh, that way they can grow la, and they can right. hire their own people as well. Okay. Mm. And make one of them a CEO. Uh, yeah, correct. That's where you start empowering them. Mm. Yeah, mm. Mm. But still within the, the Picha empire. Mm, correct. Yeah. 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 And for the other one? Uh, uh, MATLAB Pantry so MATLAB or oh, is it crazy Matt. yeah MATLAB so okay. they, they the chefs call themselves scientists where they try to come up with different food so that's one very very nice one maybe you want to order it's called uh, Pulut Hitam Creme Brulee so it's really A Creme Brulee but Pulut Hitam Pulut Hitam inside really oh, very nice okay. yeah once you like the first bite you eat then you will continue eating right like non-stop if you don't like sweet this is not too sweet, but really, really very enticing. Okay. Uh, so we try to come up with things that mash up with local ingredients mm. and uh, the uh, foreign ingredients to uh, things mm, like pulut hitam creme brulee. It's like creme brulee is a Western French thing. Yeah. And then you have pulut hitam that is very local. So really, pulut hitam, as in you blend the pulut hitam to become the texture of creme brulee, or still no, the, it's still pulut hitam, like pulut hitam inside. Oh. Yeah, and then the okay. creme brulee on top. And then you torch it, right? Uh-huh. So it's uh, that's yeah. It's just from the <laughs> very solid, la, yeah, solid la, to to soft surface, yeah. uh, to soft inside. Uh, so uh, we 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 try to bring the experience to people okay. and also educate people about. So food. when you say bring the experience to people, what do you mean? So we deliver, we do deliveries as okay. well. Uh, people can order online. Um, and then we we want to see how we can use this to empower communities as well mm. to get people to get into culinary. Mm. Uh, because a lot of people um might not have that opportunity to learn how to do cooking. Mm. And so MATLAB has these skills. As as much as MATLAB does innovation, they will have to come back to the roots of um, empowering communities. Mm. Uh. Mm. So let's take this uh, creme brulee, pulut hitam, right? Mm. Okay, so the MATLAB chefs came up with this. Yes. So how does that then ex- translate into somebody getting into the mm. culinary skills? So that's why I say we want to run a small academy or small mm. training centre mm. uh, so that we can get people to... Um, they get their basics trained first 
and then uh, slowly get them to experiment with food mm. and then get them into working with the chefs in MATLAB Pantry I so see. that they okay. are able to experiment and also uh, get into practice as well mm. because a lot of them learn the theory they don't have place to practice it mm. so this is a place where you practice it and when you practice that uh, you can also use those skills to come into mm. picha and, and other sectors to mm. um, practice your what you learn and hopefully at the end of the training <coughs> they'll be able to find other jobs outside mm. uh, hotels who wants to hire yeah. or restaurants yeah or else they can continue working with us so there's uh, <coughs> two customers like, in a way one are the refugees themselves yeah. who you may want to get onto the program yeah. because let's say they don't know how to cook Correct. Right? but yeah. they want to work for Pitcher so they yeah. get trained. Yep. Some are, so the other group of customers are just normal Malaysians mm. who, you know, who are out of school, yeah. don't want to Correct. study. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, stud- not study, I guess, learn how to cook with you guys and yep. that could even be one of your cooks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And how far has this uh, MATLAB's um, Matlab started doing MCO as well. We yeah. started experimenting a lot of food. Um, in terms of the impact side, uh, we already started recruiting people, and uh, training will start soon. Mm. Uh, but we're trying to connect with more communities to see if this is something that they would appreciate. Because you can't create something that you know the community don't need Nobody's it anyway. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, don't need it anyway. So uh, we're trying to see if this one fits them as well. Yeah. But how do you do that? How do you go out there and find? Uh, well, do we it. do have organizations, networks, uh, yeah, through networks, uh, basically. Mm. Mm, mm. And then find out what they need. Yeah. And, and you say, hey, here's a capability. Yeah. Here's the training we want to do. do you, would you join or not? Yeah, yeah. Ah, or okay. get them to test it out, mm. whether the training is suitable, uh, okay. what do we need to tweak. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Uh. Okay, mm, cool. Mm, mm, Logistically, where would you have this kitchen? In your place in Jalan Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Mm. But we're also looking to... Now a lot of co-working kitchens. Ah, okay. Yeah, so... What uh, do they call it? Black kitchen? No. They call it... Dark kitchen? Cloud kitchens. Cloud kitchens, yeah. Yeah, so we can rent the space for one, two hours, Mm. which is not very... Which is even better for you guys as you're testing it, right? Yeah, Yeah. uh, cost-effective. Yeah, Mm. Yeah, yeah, true. Mm. Wow, cool. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's it's just amazing to see your passion to just keep growing, right? Yeah. And and luckily, things are going well, right? We're very, very fortunate, mm. la, I must say, for this MCO. Very, very fortunate. Yeah, in fact, the MCO has actually, MCO has pushed you to look at yes. other things, right? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. there would be no MATLAB kitchens and... Yeah. I mean, when, when we went to Stanford in 2018, mm. uh, the one oh, big... Of magic. Yeah. The mm. one big takeaway is uh, to turn problems into opportunity. Mm. So, that's what we've been holding on to like, throughout the whole MCO. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> so, anyway, thanks for coming. Thank you for um, having me. Is there anything else that you would like to share out there in terms of your plans and your the mm, future that you guys I guess I've do? shared most, most of them. Uh, we're also trying to work out uh, different... Uh, forums and webinars with university students mm. uh, to actually let them be aware of what's happening globally. Uh, so we have like, uh, I, I host like uh, forums like environmental talks and um, uh, food waste stage or humanitarian talks just to get the university students to be aware of what's happening and, and whether they can get into initiatives or movements that will aid such situations. Mm. Uh. Mm. Actually, another question I have is: so, for people out there who who can cook, yeah, um, how do they get involved with with Picha Eats? Uh, just drop us a message on any platforms. Uh, we do have like a website as well, just for uh recruiting chefs, mm. so they can just find it on our website as well. What mm. if somebody doesn't want to do full time? Can they just do part time with you guys? Uh, can uh, but they will, but they have to still go through the same training lah. Mm. Ah, okay, so what's this training that you, you do? They, for they will the have to understand the kitchen hygiene uh, mm. basics and uh, the different kitchen skills. Right. Um, and then they still have to go through the market tests because mm. we want to make sure that the food that goes out is consistent yep. and uh, it's something that is acceptable by mm. the Malaysians as okay. well. Mm. I notice a lot of the food is all the savoury dishes. La. Do you do desserts as well? Yeah, 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 we do. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have like things like basbusa, coconut, cake. Uh, it's a coconut cake. Mm. Uh, Syrians make them with uh, oh, okay. syrup. 
and then we also have like baklava. Baklava mm. is very mm, not common. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and then we also have like brownies and lemon poppy seed. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. Ah, I know another question I wanted to ask. Yes. From a pricing standpoint. Yeah. Right. I think initially when I ordered, mm. I looked at this. Oh, sounds seems a little bit expensive, mm. right? But then because I know what it's for. Yeah. In terms of pizza project at that yeah. time. So, yeah. hey, you know, then it's fine. Right? Let's yeah, just yeah. do that. I understand. Um, is that still what you find in terms of uh, your, your customers? Yeah. That, hey, you know, they will forgive a little bit more of the, the pricing uh-huh. uh, because, you know, the, it's going to give back to the refugee? I think uh, the pricing, we tried to work around. I mean, when we started, yes, it's uh, a bit at the high side. Hmm. So, we tried to work around as much as we can for the past two years uh, to be accommodative to uh, what Malaysians uh, pay mm. um, and then uh, if like you order a mini buffet of usually it's between 30 to 35 ringgit per pack uh, it comes with 7 to 8 varieties mm. so it's like you going out to a restaurant to yeah. eat already but it's delivered to yeah. you uh, and then we have to under- a lot of them have to understand the ingredients used in the food because the ingredients used uh, by Middle Easterns are very expensive because they're imported. Right. Uh, yeah, it's not local, right? Yeah, it's That's not local. Yeah. Uh, we try to find local substitutes sometimes, but it won't be the same taste. Uh, that authenticity is not mm. there. Uh. Um, so, the that's the price where you're paying in. And yeah. then, uh, right now, we also come up like with the ready-to-eat meals and things. It's between mm, 18 to 20 bucks mm. uh, with very, very rich flavors. Uh, mm. Those flavors, uh, it's, not, you, it's not somewhere... It's not something you can find anywhere um, and then uh, we do have mailboxes as low as between I think 8 bucks to 13 bucks as well mm, per mm. Box, yeah. but those are usually for corporates lah. Okay. Mm-hmm. actually I forgot to ask for the ready to eat meals yeah. for the people who buy it has to be in freezer or you can just put it in the chiller in the fridge so 4 days in chiller more than 4 days in freezer okay yeah okay mm-hmm. alright lah <laughs> thank you cool no, definitely we'll we'll talk a little bit. I'll, I'll introduce you to to escape, and then Can. we'll probably figure something out. Can. Obviously, a lot of places the tenants haven't come back yet. Ah, right? it's co-working, right? Yeah, it's a okay. co-working space. But then you know, so we we'll, we we'll, we need to figure something out. So something we'll talk about. Can. Can. Okay, man. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for no coming. No problem. In. Thank yeah, you for man. having me. Yeah, <laughs> I've been such a fan. Thank um, you, man. Since since you guys started, and I was like, oh, this pizza eats. Because you guys realize, I think I did hear from you guys when you were in uh, at, in doing the magic. It was the social enterprise yeah, thing, right? Um, what's his name? Ihon. Ah, Ihon. Yeah. Ihon Chan. Yeah. That's right. So it was when he was running it, lah. Yeah, yeah, correct. Ah, he's okay. uh, on our board of advisory. Oh, he still is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Because I thought he's, he's gone back to Sarawak or something, right? No. Here and there. Oh, here and there. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, I haven't uh. seen him for a bit. <laughs> yeah, so when he left Magic, I kind of lost lost contact with him. Because mm. I was sometimes the one of the judges for their, for their programs. Oh, okay, okay, Magic, okay, yeah. okay. But I definitely remember you guys. <laughs> then remember Odring. La, so that was uh, quite interesting. Nice. Okay, come. Let me see cool. the my, my colleague. Where it is. Yeah.